Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Made It to the Beautiful Side by Marifer. Thank you so much for being here. For this specific episode, I wanted to talk about suicidal ideation, which is something that I struggled with for a year and a half. Suicidal ideation is definitely something that I am now comfortable talking about it, but when I was experiencing it, it was definitely something that I was embarrassed about, something I didn't recognize as an issue, and something that is not easy to deal with. So suicidal ideation does not necessarily mean attempted suicide. I never attempted to commit suicide, nor did I harm myself. I didn't do any self-harm or like harm to others, or I never purchased anything to do such a thing. It was just intrusive thoughts, and I was preoccupied with killing myself. So what that means was that, you know, on a daily basis, I thought about dying. And it was definitely something that took a lot for me. And when you're living it, you don't notice it, obviously. Um, The reason why I was struggling so much was because I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't have anybody there for me that would believe me. And to add on to all of that... um, You know, when I was struggling with suicidal ideation, mental health wasn't really talked about. It was definitely not something that was normalized. Um, So I felt shame when I even thought about being sad in my house. It was not something we talked about. You know, my mom had a very hard life. She struggled. She suffered. Um, My sisters and I saw that and experienced that with her. Um, Some of it, obviously. So it was like, how could I dare think of suicide when my mom literally went through hell and back, you know, and she never, you know, um, did anything. So it was like, how could I be selfish? Because that's exactly how I felt. How could I be selfish and tell my mom, you know what, mom, I want to kill myself. I couldn't do it. I, I could not do it, nor could I kill myself because How was I going to kill myself after everything my mom did for me? All the sacrifices she made, you know, like she's a hardworking woman, single mom of three. You know, she always busted her booty to give us everything we needed. And I was just going to take my life like that and discredit everything she did for me. No, I, I, I couldn't do that. So I chose to stay. I chose to suffer because I'm not going to lie to you. When I was struggling with mental health, I went through the worst you could possibly think. I was not having a good time. I did want to mention that through all of this, I was very active in my church. I was in the worship ministry. I was participating in the kids ministry. I was part of the youth ministry. I was doing everything I possibly could to serve God. I felt guilty. Um, very, very guilty because I was raised to believe that God is the only one that can give and take life away. So how could I think of taking my own life? You know what I mean? So I participated and participated, participated, thinking that that would make me forget that I wanted to kill myself. And it didn't. Um, for those that are in ministry, they can relate to the pressure it is to be in a ministry to the 
responsibility there's a lot that goes into being in ministry that doesn't get talked about i will talk about that in uh, like in the next episodes so i don't really want to go too deep into that but i i did want to say that when i was in church um i don't really attend church as much anymore again i'll talk about that later on um it was very hard because i was seen as a strong person and people would express their admiration towards me and their they would trust me with praying for them they would come to me for me to comfort them and give them a hug and give them a smile so i thought like they can't know i'm struggling if they know i'm struggling they're gonna think that god isn't real if my friends the friends that i sit down with that i pray with that i share bible verses if i tell them that i'm struggling with mental health what example am i going to give to them what testimony am i to those people if i'm struggling they're going to think that god isn't real they're going to think that god doesn't help us when we need him they're going to think that god isn't in control you know there were so many thoughts that were going through my head and so much pressure i would put on myself for not allowing myself to feel i didn't allow myself to feel sad I didn't allow myself or let anyone see me bad. You know, I always did my best to be okay. And I learned that it's okay to not be okay. You know, it's okay to be crying an entire church service. That doesn't make you a sinner. That doesn't make you unworthy. That doesn't make you less than the server next to you. You know, like, it's okay to feel. And it's okay to feel weak. And, you know, like, it's okay to you know say i don't know what i'm doing god i literally don't know what's happening in my life like i need you to take the wheel it's okay to do that and we don't get taught that that isn't talked about i was in church for years i i don't even know how many years i went to church like every single service you know my mom was very disciplined with that like you have to go to church like mom i have a headache go to church like just pray and i'll go away you know, that's that's what I was raised with. Those are the beliefs that I was raised with as a child. So it was it was very hard. And I don't want this to get misinterpreted and me by me discrediting God. I would never do that. Yes, definitely. I am not the person I am today if it wasn't for God. I would not be mentally strong as I am right now or emotionally mature if it weren't for God. I I wanted to make that clear because I don't I didn't want that to be like a mix up. Um, but I'm going to take you guys back to the time that I was struggling with suicidal ideation. So when I was struggling with suicidal ideation, I was alone. I was surrounded by people, but I was alone. I had a lot of friends. I would go out probably every two, three days. I would go out to eat for coffee to the library. I always had like social stuff to go to. I had more friends that I can count. I had friends everywhere. Well, at least I thought they were my friends. Now I recognize them more as acquaintances, but they were they were friends. I was very active in church. You know, I had my church family who I truly, truly love and I have admiration for all of them. And I thank them for being in my life for when I needed them. We'll get into that later on, but <sighs> My heart feels so heavy when I talk about this, so be patient with me. 
I would wake up in the morning with zero motivation. I didn't want to get up from bed. But then I would get up forcefully, right? I would get up and go about my day. And the whole entire time that I was out, I would say, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I just died today. Hmm. I wonder how my family's life would be if I wasn't here. Would it be better? You know, my mom was working, single mom of three. Would I be doing her favor if I wasn't here? It would be one less person she has to worry about. Hmm. My church has a lot of members. They don't really need me. Nothing would really happen if I was gone. They would just put somebody else to sing. Wouldn't be a big deal. They would put somebody else to teach the the children. No big deal. You know, a visitor comes. They take my spot in the youth. No big deal. My friends, they can make new friends. I'm just one person. You know, nothing's really going to happen if I just end it all today. Those were my thoughts. Every day. I could be at a birthday party. I could be laughing. I could be singing. I could be dancing. I could be doing anything. And those were my thoughts. When I talk about this right now, it makes me very sad. And it makes me sad because I grieve those moments. I was alive. I was living. I was healthy. I was blessed. I had everything I could possibly need. And I was preoccupied in dying. And I grieve those moments because I think, Marifet, if you would have just enjoyed those moments, like how would your life have been? I lost so many moments because I was preoccupied with dying. And if you're somebody that struggles with suicidal ideation, I want to tell you that I'm here for you and I'm sending you a big hug because it's so hard. It's so hard because I so badly wanted someone to hug me, but I didn't want anybody close to me. I wanted someone to listen to me, but I didn't want to talk to anyone. I wanted someone to give me advice, but I wasn't willing to receive it. Those are the best words that I can put exactly what I was experiencing at that moment. Fast forward to this day. I I really don't remember the date. Um, Give me one second. Actually, let me look at the calendar. Okay, well, I didn't look at the calendar. I texted my sister. March 26, 2021. That day marked me for life. That day, my life took a 360 turn. So let me go back a few days. I had gotten to the lowest point I could have possibly gotten with my mental health. And the intrusive thoughts were becoming real thoughts it was no longer i was transitioning from suicidal ideation to suicide attempt because now i was actually thinking like all right we're like actually gonna do this now there was nothing in specific that was happening i don't recall an event i don't recall having like a fight or losing someone i don't recall anything in specific that provoked that to happen that's kind of how suicidal ideation works so suicidal ideation it's like you know you're thinking about it you're thinking about it and only some people are strong enough to 
you know, not go to the suicide attempt. You know, it takes a lot from you. Um, some people, you know, unfortunately, they can't, you know, and I was getting to that point. So what happened was that March 26, 2021, I woke up and I told God, God, my family's not going to be home today. When they leave, I'm going to kill myself. And once they get back, they'll just walk into me dead, right? I had already made the decision. I went about my day. And then I told God because I got scared. I didn't want to do it. I didn't. I knew this was against God. I knew this was against everything I believed in. I knew it was against. Against. It was honestly against me. And well, like everything that I once believed in and everything that I sang when I was at church would have meant nothing if I would have done it. All of the times that I worshipped wouldn't have meant nothing if I would have killed myself. So I'm going about my day and I tell God, God, I can't do this anymore. I know this isn't something you want me to do. And these were exactly the words I told him. And I'll never forget this. I need you to give me a reason to be alive because I don't have one. I need you to give me a purpose to be alive because I don't have one. I honestly have nothing to look forward to. Nothing is making me happy. Nothing is making me feel like I need to be alive. Not my family, not my friends, not my church, not my community. Nothing is giving me a reason to be alive. So if you don't show me today a reason that I should be alive, then I'm no longer going to be alive. I Like exactly how I said it right now is exactly how I told God. And I told him, with such i i was frustrated i was stressed out i was all over the place there was just so many emotions going through my head through my heart through my body that same exact day that same exact day march 26 2021 i find out my sister's pregnant yes i find out that i was going to be an aunt for the very first time I would be lying if I said my eyes didn't get watery right now and my voice might crack. But that day was the day I needed in order for me to be doing this podcast right now. And I share this with tears in my eyes and a knot in my throat because I want to spread awareness. I want the people struggling with this to know don't stop fighting look towards God and God is going to help you. After that day, I felt so guilty. The embarrassment, the shame, the guilt. I felt horrible and I was embarrassed to even pray. But I prayed anyways and I told God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for feeling that I can take my own life. I'm sorry for thinking that I'm not worthy of being loved, that I'm not worthy of being alive. I'm sorry for thinking that the life that you gave me, I can just take away like that. I'm sorry. And I felt horrible but that was the start of (laughs) making it to the beautiful side after that i started going to therapy i started doing the work i'm still doing it till now believe it or not um i would be completely lying with to you if i told you it's been easy it has not been easy it's been very hard but i'm trying and you know i have not struggled with 
suicidal ideation ever since then. Um, it was something that I wish it was more normalized, more talked about like it is now. You know, mental health is definitely talked about more. There's a lot of resources available. I am more than happy to share that with you. If you're someone that is struggling, you can obviously come to me. My email's in the description. But if you feel more comfortable talking to somebody else, there's therapists that you can video call, that you can text. There's so many resources available that I'm willing to share with you if you would like. But if there's something I can say is ask for help. Seek help. Don't be embarrassed. If you struggle with any form of mental health, do not be embarrassed. It's not something you should be ashamed about. I am happy. I feel loved. I used to be mad at myself for feeling the way I did. But now I hug myself and I allow myself to feel what I ever like anything I need to feel. I allow myself to feel it. I like sharing this because although it was a very dark, dark moment for me and a very hard. I really had a hard time. I like sharing it in hopes that people don't get embarrassed to ask for help. I would have wished that I got help sooner than later. But I'm glad that I went to the right person, which was God, because God really showed me the light and he's been with me through this whole process. Obviously, after um, struggling with suicidal ideation, I had a lot of things come after that that I will be sharing in the next episodes. Um, those were also things that I thought were going to break me, but they didn't. I am stronger than I ever have been. I'm going to therapy once a week. You know, I have found coping mechanisms. I love journaling. I love reading. I like sitting down outside and breathing and looking at the sky. I like late night drives. I like listening to music. I like putting my headphones on and just dancing it off. You know, I have learned so many coping mechanisms that I didn't have before the ones that I used to have weren't working for me I can also share things like that with you guys if you guys would like that thank you so much for joining me on my first ever episode I was a little nervous I'm not gonna lie because I didn't know how I was gonna go about it obviously this is not scripted this is completely improvised and coming from the heart but thank you so much for joining me on my first episode of made it to the beautiful side by muddy fed